Welcome to the Soap video series from Oak Tree Community Church in South Bend, Indiana. We are working our way through the Gospel of Matthew, and we really have only a couple of weeks left. Yeah, we're, we're getting there. We're getting really close to the end at this point. We right? are. Um, yeah, so so like you said, we're going through, and one of the things that, that we found in this book of Matthew that, that you'll find is that there's, there's kind of three sections, and we're just starting the third section. Mm-hmm. So the first section would be um, Jesus comes as the Messiah. And we saw that that's the way he came, mm-hmm. and and he was ultimately rejected, mm-hmm. and that moved into the second category, which we've been working through, and that is okay. If you reject me, I'm going to now focus on the Gentiles and my people, my disciples, yeah. and and we that's what we've seen, and that's so, where we get some of the breadcrumbs about the coming church. Yeah, there's not a lot right. in the Gospels about the church, but you know Matthew 16, 18. There's a little bit in there yep. that is because of the rejection. Right? Yeah. yeah. So now we hit the third section, and the, and the third section is his death. Yeah. And it's not just the death. It's the week leading up to his death and actually traveling, traveling down there too. And that's where we start. And uh, what do we have, three, six, eight chapters? Yeah. Um, so eight chapters for a his... third of Matthew maybe for, is... Yeah, about, yeah, yeah, pretty close. Uh, for his last week, um, you know... The triumphal entry, we're in chapters 21, 22, 23 this week, um, which is most of Passion Week. Um, most people place the triumphal entry, you know, on Sunday, Palm Sunday, right? right. I think it was on Monday, but just, you know, yeah. as we play it out. But basically, we're talking about the first couple of days of the week, about two or three days here. And Jesus is going to be in Jerusalem during the day. Yeah, and, and then he outside leaves outside of Jerusalem at right. night, which right. I think is really interesting. Yeah. Well, bad things happen at night. Yeah, right. So he's just kind of taking that out of the equation, which is really interesting because you know he. How many times has he said, if you read through the Gospels, my hour has not yet come. It's not yeah. my time. Whatever. Yeah. So he knows that stuff can't happen until the right time. Right. But at the same time, he's not an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, he's not I'm careless. Sure happy. He's happy not foolish. <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, he still, yeah. you know, took put, took precautions. You know, he stayed outside the city. The temple guard had no jurisdiction out there. They couldn't arrest him out there. You know, that type right. of thing. Right. So I think we're going to try to do things a little bit different this week uh, instead of talking about all the events that happen, maybe generalize them. I mean, you're going to be reading them. A lot of this is pretty straightforward. Yeah. So what can we hit that, you know, we, we need to bring out? Um, so a couple things. Well, uh, the first thing, the first thing, I'm always amazed how far everybody walks. <laughs> right? And they're walking. Yeah. Right? So, so a couple things. Jesus walks about 17 miles from Jericho to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how long that takes him, but it would a take me a time. while. <laughs> yeah. And more importantly, he's climbing 3,000 feet at that time. Yeah. Because it turns out Jerusalem is on a hill. Yeah. So a lot of times you'll read and you'll say, oh, they went up to Jerusalem. They literally went up, up to, to Jerusalem. Yeah. Jerusalem yep. Or exactly. we came down from Jerusalem. Yep. And, and that was one no, of the things that... No matter whether it's north, south, yeah. east, or yeah. west, it's up, up and, and down. down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that was, that was one of the things that... Um, it took me way too long to figure out or, or learn. Fortunately for him, he was riding on a donkey and everybody else yeah, was, walking. was walking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I, w- I would say 
um, a thing that you brought out, and, and I'll let you explain it in a second. <laughs> uh, but the but the idea is overall. There's a purpose Jesus is doing this yeah. here. And certainly we know he has to die to, uh, to be resurrected, but he keeps putting himself in situations or, or allows himself to be put into situations where he's answering questions. And, and why do you think that is? Well, yeah. So for all of chapters 21 and 22, it seems like, the Pharisees and Sadducees are just taking uh, They're turns, just drilling right? Yeah. Back and, and, forth. and they're like, uh, the Sadducees are like, okay, we don't have any more questions at this time. And, the, yeah, yeah. and then they come back in. We reserve the right. Yeah. <laughs> it is. To come back. Wait, I got a good one. You know, and it's like yeah. they go back and try to think of, you know, the next good question. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the reason, and there is a really good reason for it. And and what's funny, this, this is so cool because they didn't know what they were doing. Big picture, God has a reason for them doing this. They were grilling Jesus because they thought that if they could get him to trip up, then... You know, in front of everybody. In right? front of everybody, yeah. then all his claims would yeah. just be shot and he becomes a charlatan. So nothing has changed in 2,000 years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Same thing that happens. Big picture, when you take the 50,000-foot view of the Bible... Jesus has already been declared by John the Baptist as, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So there's this lamb aspect. This is Passover weekend. Yeah, which is all about... All about the the Paschal lamb, the sacrificial lamb, right? Jesus is about ready to offer himself up as the Passover lamb for the entire human race. But before an animal, especially a Passover lamb, could be sacrificed, it had to be examined by the religious leaders, the priests, you know, so that there were no blemishes of any kind. None. If there was a single flaw, if there was a hair out of place, it couldn't be sacrificed, right? So big picture, here comes Jesus. He's offering himself as the Lamb of God. So what do the religious leaders do? They examine him from every angle possible, and everybody gets their turn, and he just takes it. He's like, here I am. Ask away. They were doing essentially the same thing that Satan did at the beginning of the book when he threw everything he could at Jesus to try to get him to sin. And the Holy Spirit's like, you can try, but it's not going to happen. And he proved who he was, and he proved himself to be, you know, the character, you know, the... They're doing the same thing. And by the time you get down to the end of chapter 22, it says, and no one dared ask him any more questions, they ran out. Right. Well, not only did they run out, he answered the questions in such a way that it shut them down. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Which, yeah. Because they turned, you're right, yeah. because he yeah, turned, turned some him. things back on right. them. And they're like, yeah, we're not going to answer Wait, we don't want to expose anything else. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, well, I'm not going to I don't know. Well, right. then I'm not answering your question. And so... Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> implicitly, they effectively declared him to be flawless. Right. And now he could be sacrificed as the Lamb of God. Yeah, I thought that. I, That's very cool. Yeah, that is, that that is, is, that very is cool. really, really cool. Okay, I want to talk about the fig tree. Just because <laughs> it was one of the new revelations I had. I, you know, every now and then you hit something new and it's like, oh, yeah. I, never, I never got it. I'm sure... People told me a number of times, and it just it never sunk in. But I love those, though, right? Yeah, and you exactly. finally get something, right. and it finally, you've read it, it a million clicked. times, and it finally clicks. You're yeah. like, okay, that's what they've been trying to tell me. Yeah. Right? Well, 
Oh, I mean, yeah. really? Yeah, I mean, that, that's 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 what they've been trying yeah. to tell. So yeah, I I love those. I, I love when when that happens. Yeah. So so Jesus goes up to a fig tree, and this is when he when he curses it. Yeah. But there's a couple cool things in there. One is the the tree appeared to be in bloom. Yep. Right. So so he went up there expecting there to be some fruit on the tree, and there was none on there. Yep. And, and he cursed it, and I never quite understood why. And the next day, the tree is you know withered. Yeah. And he says something along the lines of understand the parable of the fig tree yeah i was gonna say beware but i don't think that's a beware no, no, it's understand yeah, yeah understand and i never understood it <laughs> uh but and, it, and it's easy right when you think about it it's the nation of israel yeah uh as composed with the with the fig tree yep just like the fig tree had leaves that made it look like it, it was bearing good fruit the nation of israel was the same way come visit us yep. you know good fruit but yet you get in there there's no fruit happening right at all i mean right. jesus is jesus is seeing that right yeah so i, I don't know yeah so, that's what I liked. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and now here, here's one question that comes up. Now, it's not going to come up in Matthew. It comes up in Mark, where it says that Jesus went to find fruit, but it wasn't the time for figs. Like, well, if it wasn't the season for figs, then yeah, why, why would you bother? expect? Yeah. Because, here's why. Because apparently, and I'm not an ex expert on fig trees or anything, but apparently <laughs> um, figs are more of a summer fruit. Fully ripe figs. Right. Okay. Well, Passover is not in the summer. Passover is in the spring. But on these particular trees, from the way I understand it, once the f leaves are green, then it has these little hard fruits on it that you can eat. They're like pre-figs or whatever. Right. You can eat. They're unripened. Um, so it wasn't but the had season for fully ripe figs. Right. But because he saw the green leaves, there should have been a little something on it. And there was nothing at all. So even that fits the the comparison with Israel. And, and he doesn't mention, you know, learn from this parable um, until chapter 24, which is actually in part of next week's reading. But he cursed it this week because he didn't expect Israel to be complete, you know, fully ripe. Right. But he expected right. there to be a something. little something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <That laughs> and there was awesome nothing comparison. at all. Nothing at all. Right. So he cursed it. And one step further, this generation, you're going you're gonna to be reading over the next couple of, of uh, chapters now, you're going to see this phrase, this generation, this generation, this generation. It always refers to the generation of the context, which most of the time it's the people right in front of Jesus. Mm -hmm. One time it's going to be a future generation, okay? But he actually cursed this generation. These people in front of him who had rejected him, who were about ready to put him on a cross. The fig tree in the Old Testament represents Israel. So it's Matthew's readers would have understood it. That's why it's not right. explained. You know, we're like, why does it, you know, Israel? Because the whole Old Testament says it's Israel. Yeah. When he cursed the fig tree, he had already cursed that generation. He's like, and, 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 and at the end of chapter 23, he's going to summarize. He's like, you're not, you don't see me again. You're, I'm done with you. I'm done with you. And so, yeah, just like he cursed the fig tree, that generation of people were cursed. And so on Pentecost, when Peter's preaching and the Holy Spirit comes and everything, he actually says, separate yourself from this 
curse generation. Right. Get yeah. out from underneath the curse. The only way to get out from underneath the curse is to believe in Jesus as Messiah and Savior. So nice. all of that is going together, and it's and it's even setting out 50 yeah. days later. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting with, with each of these um, interactions that he have, much like you said, there's, there's deeper meaning in there too, that there's, there's the basis thing, you know, all right, who, who, who's this denarius belong to? You yeah. Know, give to Caesar what Caesar's, but there's even a deeper thing in there. They were trying to trip him up. Yeah. And, and that was, they wanted him they they weren't sure what they wanted him to say, but in their minds, the only thing he could say was, "Don't pay taxes." Now you got Rome against him. Yep. Or pay taxes. Now, now you, you got, got the <laughs> now you got the local people against Jesus because the Messiah would never yeah, pay taxes never to the that. occupying uh, nation. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, it's a you know, you could see him going. I got the perfect question. Yeah, it's a no win situation for Jesus. Yeah. Except it's not. <laughs> yeah. Um, then there, there's one where, you know, a woman is marrying seven brothers, and they go through this whole long story. Yep. But there's a reason why right at the very beginning it's silly. Yeah. So what's... what's... Well, it's the Sadducees, and there's they were more of the political group than religious. Um, they, they believed, they accepted only the books of Moses as as a canonical basically um so all of their doctrine came from the pentateuch the first five books of the, of the old testament mm -hmm. so they read the rest of the old testament but unless what those guys said including the prophets was clearly taught in genesis exodus leviticus numbers deuteronomy they yeah, didn't accept they didn't, it anyway they right yeah. they did not believe in angels which by the way moses did talk about they did not believe in the afterlife or resurrection which moses did talk about so they still yeah. <laughs> you know so they set up this whole thing and they created a hypothetical situation that they never even believed could happen right and again just to trip up jesus and so i a lot of people go there and say, oh, you know, marriage and angels and all this stuff. I, I don't want to build a doctrine out of that one sentence, mm -hmm. right? Because Jesus was making a very short answer to a very stupid question that, you know, he wasn't building doctrine here. Right. Right. So I usually, I usually sort of skip over that one. Not that it's not important, but I'm certainly not building doctrine yeah. out of it. He, he's looking, he's like, have you guys even read the Bible? You, I mean, you don't, you yeah. don't know anything. You don't know the power of God. You don't know anything. So he just makes this statement yeah. and just walks away basically. Yeah. Yeah. So the Pharisees took another shot after that. What's the greatest commandment? Yeah. Which is pretty good, right? So they, they had all these laws. Which one's which one is the biggest? Which yep. one should we listen to? And Jesus Jesus came back with love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, you know. Jesus wants it all. Yep. You know, he wants he wants the whole piece of us. And then he also said there's a second commandment, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. And 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 then if you got that right, everything else just falls into place. Yeah. Which, which had to be an amazing answer because you could see them all agreeing and then going, why do we have 600 rules? <laughs> yeah. why, why aren't we just focusing on, on yep. these two? And, and I love how, how these two verses show up in a number of places in the New Testament too. So yeah. this isn't like a one and done thing where, where Jesus wants our heart. Yeah. And there's a number of places where, where um, on the Old Testament, God's saying, 
I don't want another sacrifice. What yeah. am I going to do with another sacrifice? I want your heart. Give yeah. me your heart. And if you summarize all of the commands of the New Testament in the church age, right, the law of Christ, it still comes it's back still- to the same two things. <laughs> love God, love people, right? Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's the but same. Let's make it harder. <laughs> <laughs> you know, basically what the commands, what the laws do, whether it was the Old Testament law, whether it's the, the law of Christ, it's it's because we don't comprehend so exactly how do I do that? What does that look right. like in practice? So there's all these other commands, there's these instructions that show how to, you know, here give me some practical examples or, you know, whatever, whether it's love your wife or, you know, whatever. What does that look like? It's easy to say love God, love people. Yeah. I don't know what that really means, right? And that's why the rest of the law code right puts that well, up. Yeah. But then once you start measuring something or, you know, you, you can't do any work on the Sabbath. Yeah. Really? None? Yeah. Well, <laughs> and now, now you start chipping. Yeah. And now you start. And that's the difference between the law code that God yeah. gave and all of the traditions and everything that they built around it. Right. Because the law code that God gave, you know, Ten Commandments and the other stuff, you know, the love your neighbor as yourself actually under, under the Mosaic law included animals to an extent. If your animal falls in a pit on the Sabbath, yeah, get pull it out. It out. <laughs> you know? right. It's like, come on. Right. You know? Yeah. So Okay, one more on chapter 22, and then uh, we'll, we'll cut 23 short because we can. Um, <laughs> the Pharisee asked ask a question of who the Messiah is. Yeah. And Jesus didn't answer it. He said, let me ask you a question. Um, the, Lord's, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. Yep. So, so what's going on here and why is this important? So this is a quote from Psalm 110, which everybody understood as a messianic psalm. They, I mean, yeah. nobody in that circle, nobody standing around there would have questioned. He's absolutely talking about Messiah. So they said, whose son is Messiah? And he, and, and, uh, um, or he asked them, whose, whose son is Messiah? And uh, they said, he's the son of David. And so Jesus said, but in Psalm 110, the Lord, that's Jehovah, said to my Lord, my master, David says, sit at my right hand. So here's the question. If Messiah is David's son, why would David call him his Lord, his master? Where's that switch? Because you're telling me that David is greater than Messiah. But David said the opposite. Right. So let me ask you, what do you think about what David said in Psalm 110 that you've already acknowledged is about the Messiah? Yeah. Nice. And the response is a lot of stumbling and fumbling yeah. around, and we're not going to answer that. And it's a ridiculous question. <laughs> 46 is one of my favorites in Matthew. No one was able to answer him a word, and from that day on, no one dared to question him any yeah. longer. He's flawless. The examination is done. They could not find a single flaw. And now he can be sacrificed as the perfect lamb of God. Yep. So then we hit chapter 23. And in chapter 23, we see that that Jesus has been critical of the Sadducees and and Pharisees. Yeah. And he explains why here. Well, he sort of goes on the offensive now. He's like, the tables have turned. Now it's my turn (laughs) to talk to you. Yeah. Well, and basically he says, you don't practice what you preach. Yeah in right. there um and what it, you are practicing is 
detrimental to everybody under your your watch right so 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 he has what he has a bunch of woes yeah (laughs) you know woe is woe is and there's seven of them in there and you can read them and you can count them and and they're and they're pretty straightforward but these are seven reasons why why jesus is basically saying nation of israel your leadership is is, has left you every single one of them begins with him calling them hypocrites yeah every single one of them right and then charging them with the crimes against Israel, crimes against God, crimes against, you know, the law, everything. Right. And and for as terrible as they are, at the end of the chapter, Jesus says how much he longs for them. Yeah. How much he longs for the nation of Israel to come to to, to come to him. Yep. To recognize him as the Messiah. Yep. And to uh, really give him the respect that he deserves as, yep. as being as being the son of God. Yep. Um, and then he ends with with a prophecy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've just got the last verse. I think you you might have had a couple more verses in there. Uh, but Jesus says, "For I tell you, you will not see me from now until you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord.'" Yep. Okay. Did, did you want to go into other verses too, or no? Just talk about that for a yeah, second. Yeah. No. That's so. Uh, so, so here's what I hear Jesus saying. He's telling the nation of Israel, you are not going to see me again until you as a nation utter these words. Yep. Okay. So then we know that Jesus crucified, dead, comes back, leaves again. Yep. Hasn't come back yet. Right. So the nation of Israel has not said these words yet. Right. So when do we think the nation of Israel is going to say these words? Well, this is actually answered in the very next chapter, <laughs> which is next Foreshadowing week's tomorrow or next week. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's the second coming. So on the on the uh, the end times timeline, the next thing that absolutely has to happen is uh, the the rapture of the church. Then we go into the tribulation, and Israel's going to be you know. Warred against Satan and and Antichrist and everything. At the end of that, Jesus is going to come back and Israel will repent. And this is why it requires repentance, a change of mind. They have to accept him as Messiah for who he truly is. And when they say, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, they're saying they're welcoming him as Messiah. And he comes back and rescues Israel, delivers them from the brink of destruction in Jerusalem right. there. And it's specifically, he says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, in verse 37. In verse 38, he says, your house is left to you desolate. That's the temple. That was destroyed uh, about 37 years later in AD 70. Right. And then he says, you won't see me again. So there's like, these three verses are sort of like two or three steps. Right. And he will rescue Jerusalem. And then um, he'll set up the kingdom. So if someone says, hey, I saw the Messiah, probably shouldn't believe them. <laughs> yeah, fine. <laughs> uh, um, how about with dreams or, or other ways that, that um, communication has happened in the past? Yeah, so Hebrews 1 tells us that for the most part, that's not God's way of working anymore. Jesus is the final revelation. Right. In these final there, days, yeah, something yeah, like there that. are stories that you know some people in remote places where the gospel can't reach are seeing dreams of Jesus or visions mm-hmm. of Jesus, but it's still either he's presenting the pure gospel or he's telling someone about the gospel. You know where do they can find the gospel? But that's not his return for Israel. This isn't like no one will ever hear from me again. 
uh, because I mean, after his death and resurrection, he was here for forty days. You know, but right. as far as marching into Israel or marching into Jerusalem, rather, this is not Jerusalem. Does not see him again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. And Jerusalem being the capital and the religious center and everything, but yeah, Israel, Israel will not receive. He will not come back to Israel until Israel receives him. Yeah. So that's the end of chapter twenty-three. Yeah. Yep. So a lot there, a lot we didn't cover. Yep. Uh, intentional, and uh, but as you read it, man, ask ask those questions. Yeah. And you know, get those insights. Yeah, and we love answering your questions. We love hearing your questions. It tells us that you're watching, that you're thinking through this, and you're reading through it. And uh, uh, we're we're always happy to help uh, help you uh, you know learn through learn and understand through these things. So subscribe, share, do all the things that you do with these videos, and we will be back next time. And there's only a couple of weeks left. Right. And next time we get into the end time stuff that Jesus prophesied. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> See yeah. you then. Bye, everybody.